Motorcycles and Misfits at the Recycle Garage. Oh, I'm so excited. We got a good one tonight. So, let's start with who's here. This is Liza. <laughs> we got Douglas. I'm here, yeah. Adrian. Yep, hello. Knock, knock. Ah, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Terry. Hi. Jake. Hi. Zach. Hello. Bagel. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> and Josie. So, let's, um, so before we get to the big big reveal tonight let's uh start with what we did today and i'd say the most exciting thing done today was by you douglas yeah and you put a post on the facebook page yeah (laughs) what did it say flat track is hard (laughs) (laughs) i got up at five in the morning and i went and met dylan up in sacramento is that the hardest uh, part waking up at five that's the that's the the hardest part of it yeah Whole trying to hold your piss while you're on the way up there. Is oh, that's, yeah, that's a tough. One. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, you bring so, bottles. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so he put me on his um his little uh, CRF two thirty with uh, flat track wheels, tires on them, like nineteens or something, or uh, no, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they I don't look, know. I yeah, don't either. they're really kind of actually kind of slick. Um, so we get out there and, and this this guy running the show. His name is Brock McAllister. Yep, really cool guy. Is he a movie star or a porn he runs star? A, that he runs name? a supermoto. Class. Well, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, he runs a supermoto school. Brock at, at supermotousa.com. You can reach him at if you want to do all this. Uh, so they were hosting. A, he was doing a class there, up in um, Prairie, Prairie, Prairie City. Prairie City. Yes. Wow, somebody's blowing bubbles. Already. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prairie City. Um, so I kind of just tagged along for the class. Um, I got to basically sit in and not pay. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Did you get so sushi too? I got, I, I got to, I, to, to watch the him instruct the class in front of other people. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, so yeah, then they put us on the track and uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I worked on uh, cornering first and then technique and then throttle and and then body position and and uh, we, I mean, we go dirt biking all the time, and and we we try to work on the rear slide, but we never really do drills. Just doing this round and around and around and around and around, and it was really cool. And he's a really good, really good teacher. Um, I only dropped the bike once or twice, and I, th- I high sided once. <laughs> <laughs> so the the funny part was that yesterday it rained, so he took all the little one fifties that he's running. The um, they're all like little CRF one fifties. Um. Or XR150s. And uh, they took all the flat track wheels off and tires, and he put the knobbies on. for So everybody had more traction than me, because mm-hmm. I'm riding Dylan's bike with them. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So so you're all over the place. Yeah, I was all over the place, trying to keep up with these guys. Uh, and yeah, I started to slide out, caught grip, and then um, went over the side. It wasn't that bad. I, I bent the, the, the bark buster, but that was about it. Um... Yeah, then we had a few breaks, and uh, then they opened up the track uh, where we could race around the middle of it. So you go around, they extended it. Oh, jeez, you guys. <laughs> Bosley's heavier than you predicted. <laughs> and then you'd uh, make a little S-turn into the middle of the track, and then go around another turn, and then over a tabletop, and then back out to the where the regular oval would go. So they, so they kind of a mini figure little, eight? little TT track, yeah. yeah. So you're getting an equal amount of lefts and rights to. No, not really. Now? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Okay, everybody, go left now." Yeah. Oh, or I go see. right. 
you know, and it was like two hours of going left. <laughs> Did you find one side was a little bit more natural and easier to get? Yeah, most people going left is more left natural. The throttle. Um, but actually doing it, um, it after learning the proper technique and knowing when to lay off the throttle and uh, basically never use the front brake unless you right. really need to. Um, Did you do shoot the pool thing? With the, yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, shoot you the do pool. that thing, like straightening your whole arm in the corner that you're going into that was the hard part and then mm. basically sitting on the side of the bike it was like <laughs> we, we do that out when we go dirt biking but we never really do it yeah, yeah you think we, you're doing it and you're like no when you actually do it you, you're not do doing you come it, around man. the corner and like lift your arm up as you're doing the thing no yeah. I, heard, no. I heard stories about guys you know doing their best going around the circle and then brock will just come around the corner and go nah keep your arm up Keep your arm up. No, you didn't do that. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a. It was kind of like an intermediate class. Oh, it right. Wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, a race class per se. It was oh, basically right, right. just be comfortable on the bike, going around and sliding out. Cool. So sounds like got a lot of fun though. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I really wish I was on my two-stroke dirt bike though. I was like, <laughs> I'm not used to the CRF 230. You know yeah. that power. I'm used to the two-stroke, and I think I would have done a lot better. Uh, well, I mean, next time we go out dirt uh, camping, you know. We'll hit up the TT tracks and just yeah. drill over, you know, do some drills for a while. Do some drills. Tell me when you go so I can sit and watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Uh, November, oh, sorry, December, December 5th. December 5th, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, if you want to do this and you're in the Sacramento area, um, just look up uh, McAllister Motorsports. He does Supermoto USA. Uh, that's supermotousa.com, supermotoschools.com, and arenacross-tt.com. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much doing it every Sunday, his, or some his, variant. Yeah, his his kid, uh, Gage McAllister, is rated number one in AMA Supermoto Racer right now. Yeah. And he was there, out there on the track with us today, so that was pretty cool. Hmm. Just a, he must have been like 17 or 18. He's probably still in high school. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, pretty cool kid. Kept kind of quiet. But, um, you know, when he was out there showing us what we're supposed to be doing, it was like, he's almost like, it looked like he was almost picking the bike up off the ground because yeah. it was down that low. Like, like this, you dummies. Yeah. It was like, shut <laughs> up. Right. And he was on some old like 80s XR. It was, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, so I, I really had a lot of fun and I got spoiled today uh, being able to do all that and just kind of tag along. So. And you came home with something in the back of your uh, truck. Oh yeah, the real purpose for me going up there was was buying the XR 650R from Dylan. Welcome to the club. Plated. <laughs> yep. Oh damn yeah. it! I've been eyeing that thing for a while. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking yeah. about getting it from him a few months ago, but it never came. It's not as pretty as Knox's bike. No, no. <laughs> it's that's, not that's as pretty point. as anyone's yeah. bike. <laughs> With all the bike thefts lately in Santa Cruz, uh, I want it to look thing. as haggard as possible. Yeah. yeah. You too will know the joy of kicking a big single on a cold ass morning. Yeah, <laughs> it feels so good. Well, see, my the thing is, I can just memory. pop a bike over and just take something else. Yeah, well, yeah that's true. <laughs> well, you know what you missed when you were out today? I got to kickstart. Oh, wait, were you here for that when nope, I kickstarted no. the fifty-two matchless? Uh, I saw oh, the photos. Oh yeah, man! Photo. So friend Charles showed up with an old matchless. And it's just a 500cc, so I'm like, eh, it shouldn't be too hard to kick. I mean, I kick a lot of these. <laughs> it was like kicking molasses. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, there was, yeah, it, it was very weird. It didn't matter how much pressure you put. It was not going to exceed a certain speed. And I had to stand up and just come down with it to get enough speed on that. But Is it, that, that high compression? 
I don't know what it was. It almost felt like gears too tightly mashed or something. Like it was just very hard. Hmm. Wow. And uh, that thing wasn't counterbalanced, so your teeth were being rattled out. Is that what it was too? So the other funny thing, I went and rode it around, and when you throttle up, it first, instead of transferring power directly to the rear wheel, it first transfers power to shake everything a little more. <laughs> and then the rear wheel gets power. That's the uh, European experience. So it's just <laughs> simply cool factor is the only reason you'd own one of these things? It rode like a, a riding lawnmower. It felt like that. <laughs> okay, so right. cool factor cool only. Yeah. Yeah. And right. the suspension tech. was so hard, I had to make sure I kept my teeth clenched riding down the street because it was just it was just so it didn't have suspension <laughs> no but it was very cool and it had the it had right side resembling shift a suspension but and it had a um had like leaf springs a lever to adjust the timing as you <laughs> that ride. was a very cool feature actually nice. oh. yeah you can and uh, advance really and retard cool. the timing as you did various speeds so yeah so i put some uh pictures up on that and then also jake fixed a gas tank leak and got to ride lots today i did it was very very fun yeah so that was cool we went to the um hardware store and got a fiber washer for a kitchen sink to fix the leaky pet cock <laughs> we'll see how well that holds up yeah i walked that in here well. and there was this gasoline over the damn table I'm like what that was my fault i'm very sorry <laughs> she knew what was going on and then uh, Zach, you helped Megan put on the electric, heated. the heated grips. Yep. Which Douglas, apparently you were supposed to help her. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. She she did it on the day I was gone. Not my fault. Yeah, and I don't think she was prepared for the amount of dismantling to get yeah, to. Yeah, I know it's not a small job. Nope. Uh, but I like the. Uh, it's like, well, you really need to get underneath the air cleaner, the air filter, to get to the wiring. Well, we'll come up. Um, so they're trying to take apart the sides, and I just went and grabbed it, and just like, yeah. Did <laughs> <laughs> like a collie mod pulled the heart out. When you have to tug harder than you think you should have to, yes. Uh, but it came up, and that so that was done successfully, and then um, Faye he showed up on the Ninja Two Fifty. I think it's Faye. Fee. He, he's he not Fee. He pronounced it Fee. He told me it I rhymes did, but with I was... beef. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's F E I, so because uh, he c- he says he says it but it sounds like both at the same time yes it sounds like fee it sounds like fey at the same time i think it's totally yes i like know it up with the i at the end yeah it's the inflection fae. that we're not saying and then really. adrian yes you, um, did, you got a lot of success today yeah um so we got the plastic fender shaped correctly and slotted so it fits into the old the subframe um edition that we did on the what on the husqvarna terra uh, yeah i was working the husky all day because I got a, a little um, note on Friday that I probably should focus oh. a little more energy on that one. <laughs> so um, CRF is still needs some brake bleeding anyways. So we got the plastic fender correctly slotted in. We have the electrics mounted on the rear so the brake light is mounted. The turn signals are mounted and wired in. And we have welded in the two bits to do the final bolting to. So there's a half moon at the tail end of it and then a crossbar. One for the top um, plastic bits and one for the bottom plastic bits to hold into. So I learned that welding is a perishable skill. Um, so yeah. I had to break out the grinder, actually. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you did good. 
Yeah. You welded it up and it held up to hammer. Yeah, well, teaching what I yourself how to said, weld it like I, makes you a really good grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I brought out the hammer. I said, "Well, you know, it's time for the hammer test." I said, "Do you want to do it? Or do you want me to do it?" I think it was that glimmer of evil in my eye that you said, uh, "I'll do it." I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went and just started tapping it gingerly on top. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, like this. No, and I took it out of her hand and started whacking, whacking <laughs> from the side. But hey, that, uh, Doug and I have learned you have to give it the good yeah. whack test. Yeah. Or it just doesn't when count. When in doubt, whack more. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't count. Not going to touch that one. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't touch it either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to catch up real quick with some emails that have come in. Our friend Riley emailed us. Hey, what's up, Riley? So, Riley, who I think is still 14, but says that he's eight year, eight months away from a permit, I think. So, maybe you're 15, Riley, now? Let me know. Um, so, Riley got the XL125 and a CB200, two project bikes. And I've got a photo of him honing out a cylinder and stuff. It's pretty cool. He's getting into it. Um, and then he also said that he got... For his birthday, his dad got him a Suzuki 200-something. Nice. Don't know what it is. But, and here's the part. Um, Terry, maybe you'll get this one. Is that maybe a TW? No, no, here's the question. So I asked Riley, by the way, what's your favorite tool? Since he's learning all about tools Mm -hmm. in the shop, what's your favorite tool? His response was, would be either the cylinder home or his dad's Klecos. Clecos. Clecos. Okay, yeah. I'm it, guessing you're the only one here who knows what that is. Those are they use them on aircraft. They're uh, you've got a pliers and it pinches, and it's a real good way to put pieces of metal together or anything else for quick fabrication. Clecos. So th- that whole that whole fairing was built with Clecos. Yeah, I guess it's a it's a temporary rivet. Is yep, what that's I right. Oh uh, yeah. But I thought, oh man, fourteen year old telling me about a tool <laughs> I didn't you. know about. <laughs> Clecos are Dang awesome. It, Riley. Yeah, so that, that's really cool to hear from Riley. And then um, uh, Tim from Sacramento sent us another email um, with a report on lane splitting. I don't know if anyone got a chance to read that. Yeah, it's been going around uh, all the feeds yep. online. I haven't seen it. It's on our recycle page. You can check it out. Um, Adrian, do you want to give the summary of what it said? No. The summary <laughs> is people who go right too fast... <laughs> Will crash. Are dangerous. Oh my god! I know. I saw this. Like really. And then there was, now, then so there was one. To it, you know? Then the one. There was one that I read like a few days after that that Berkeley did that said lane splitting is no more dangerous than anything else on for a motorcyclist. Yeah. It actually reduces risk. Yep. Reduces yeah. amount of of wrecks. It yeah, reduces, goes along the, with reduces the, the study the, and all the other the hurt reports of that. The majority of accidents are rear ends at um, stoplights. Therefore, you know, filtering up to the front is actually safer. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, that's what an SFPD officer told me once in a class that I took up in San Francisco about uh, safety issues while riding. This is before the whole CHP guidelines came out and everything several years ago. I've got about a quarter million miles riding motorcycles, and my only accident was about 15 years ago. I got hit from behind because I was the back guy in traffic, and a 16-year-old kid was looking on the floor for a CD on the passenger floorboard, and he looked up, and traffic was stopped, and I'm right there, and 
So if, uh, if we could split lanes in the other 49 states, a lot more people would not get hit. Well, you so, can. It's just not legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got, got quite a few reckless driving tickets for splitting lanes in many other states besides <laughs> California. Yeah. Cops I, don't like it when you do that. You no, know. I was going to gonna pull the, the dumb Californian thing if I yeah. could get away with that. Yeah. But they won't let you get away with it. No. So you, 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 they don't like Californians in the first place. <laughs> what do you mean true. you can't drink while I'm driving? What's so crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but, California. but that's one of the... It's up there with the ear, earplugs for me. Um, mm. It's like... I may get a ticket occasionally for it, but it is safer to do, for me to do the earplugs or split lanes and move out of harm's way. Yep. What are you passing out here, Liza? All right. You and Adrian can share that one. Ooh. Ooh. It's time to play a little game called What's, What's It Worth? We're selling for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Terry, so this is a little game we play here. Okay. Where I've handed out a photo of a bike to everyone. I'm going to read the description. And you guys are going to tell me what you think it's worth. Oh. Now, this bike actually sold on eBay. So, I know what it sold for. Yeah. So, it's not a game to see. Worth, You're not competing though. to see. But you, it, usually from commanded. when you ask a group, you kind of come up with a consensus. Right. And I want to see what the consensus thinks it's worth. What I is it? We need more details on what I have is. it right here. Yeah, I can, you will get it. I can give you some of the details. Does okay. it say the word all, all tracks in there somewhere? Well, I'll tell you what the ad said. So this is a 1974 custom-built Kawasaki electric 36-volt DC motor, 35-mile-per-hour, called the Silent Hunter. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Okay. I like it already. But there's no flame jobs on it. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. Pity. So it's a custom-built, as I said, 36-volt DC-powered bike. The bike has a brand-new Motenergy. Is that? Motenergy, yep. Motenergy ME0909 DC motor, all tracks, yep. 4834, 300-amp controller, Magnua throttle and three new universal UB12180 lead acid 18 amp batteries. See, hmm. you're catching on, Terry, that I did this yeah, for you. Yeah, for okay. me, I got you. Because most of us would be clueless about this, but it'll be int interesting to say. Most of us? It has new fork seals and oil, also new wheel bearings and brakes, a lot invested in the bike. It's built onto a 1974 Kawasaki 175 frame. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> has a top speed of 35 miles per hour, great for off-road in the woods, great for hunters. The range will vary depending upon speed and the hills, five to eight miles in the woods. I've built 12 of these bikes in the last five years and logged 3,000 electric miles in total. Hmm. Um, that was five. You two, need eight, to add five, eight. lithium batteries to get a thirty-five to forty-five mile per hour range. Um, more than a thousand dollars in the building and parts. It's meant to be used for off-road as is. Um, electric motorcycles can cost ten thousand or more from BMW, Zero, Bramo, or Harley. This bike is direct drive. Clutch, no, direct drive, no clutch, 12 to 62, 5 to 1 ratio. Um, and it's Harley? In, I know. Well, no, Harley has it, but not, BMW, the, not yet. The live wire. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think BMW does. No. I don't think BMW. BMW has an electric car, but not a motorcycle. Okay. Do you guys want to <laughs> let Terry go first or let Terry go last? Probably last so we can make fun of everybody else. Okay. <laughs> sounds, then, sounds Adrian, well. you want to start? This is such a I shot in the no dark. I have no clue. I, um, I probably wouldn't buy it. 
honestly. Just from not knowing that much about the electrics or knowing what little I do, um, the lead acid battery for one thing. Um, that's you're not going to get that much range. You're saying five to eight miles per like. Yeah, five to eight miles in the woods. Why? Wow. <laughs> Seriously, why? I know if most you, of the dirt trails I go on in the woods are longer than that. If you need to be hunting quietly very close to your home. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know the controller and the rest of that, how up to snuff that is. That's definitely that's foreign tech to me right now. Oh, I'd like to learn more. Um, the old steel frame, again, it's not the lightest frame on the planet. Again, that's not helping your range. I don't think there's any help for it if it's only... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... Well, I wish that you could have the lightest frame. Just the, the, his configuration to get five or eight miles. I mean, saving a few ounces is not going to help that. No, this is true. But the battery swap out, I mean, I assume the motors by people going, hmm, when they heard it, it was pretty good. Uh, just to throw a number out there because I'm rambling, 800, yes. 800 bucks. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, Doug, you want to take a step? Is that a spiteful... Uh... No, that's a part out, the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, spiteful at all. Are we trying to guess what it's sold for? No, no. what do you think it's what worth? What do you think it's worth? For you? What do I think it's worth? Worth what? Like, part it out? Yeah. If that's what you think you're going to do. What's it, it worth to me? I wouldn't buy it. It's worth nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. It's dead to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bagel, you got a shot? Well, considering the fact that he put he said he put $1,000 into it, I'm going to guess that he was asking for at least two grand out of it. And I would estimate that it's probably worth somewhere in the 1500 to two grand range. Okay. Zach? Yeah, I mean, that's, that sounds about right to me, too. I mean, I probably wouldn't buy it either. Um, but just because the range, but I mean, yeah, I'd say sixteen hundred. All right. How about knock? What you got? I'm thinking like uh, what I'm going for. What he I think he's gonna s- trying to sell it for. I'm looking at thirty two to thirty five tops. That's what I think he's trying to sell it for. To me, what's it worth? Uh, probably like twelve hundred bucks. See, for 3500 get a good mountain bike frame instead. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> silent as a, well. Get a, get a Ninja 250 with fucking... <clears throat> also a, silent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Jake, what do you what do you think it's worth? I'm kind of with knock on this one, but I think he was probably going for more like four grand, mostly because the type of person that would actually buy this and not just for the parts would probably be willing to pay something around that. Okay. All right, Terry. What oh, do you gotta... think it's worth? <laughs> well... I think he's probably asking somewhere around 2500 for it, 2000 2500 And probably four years ago, he probably could have gotten that. But mm. today, I'd say it's not worth more than about $400. Oh, man. Oh, I was way off on that one. We got quite a range here. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. 4000 well, to 400 well, Yeah. So the funny thing is, this bike did sell, and it sold for exactly $800. Oh, my God. Oh. I was way off on that one. Shit. You're telling me. <clears throat> Somebody overpaid. <laughs> but no, this was a perfect example. I, and I like to use this, uh, Terry, when a lot of people ask other motorcyclists, hey, I'm looking to get a bike. What do you think it's worth? You know, yeah. we're always assessing what's a good deal, what's not. It, it's Doug, right? 
Yeah. Doug was yeah. right. You could buy this thing for $800 and then individually componentize the parts on eBay and probably make 3500 from just the motor and controller and yeah. stuff like that. Really? It's, wow. it's worth less put together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's, it's worth less than the sum of its parts. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's well, the, the thing is, uh, you know, four or five years ago, you had a home before Zero was around, before Brahma was around. If you wanted an electric motorcycle, there was maybe 20 for sale in the whole country, and they were home built. Yeah. So if yep. you wanted one, you know, the guys who could build it could ask whatever they wanted for it because, you know, people want to ride it that didn't have the know-how. But these days, when you have electric motorcycles you just buy, it makes stuff like this not worth anything so anymore. What's, so what's the most uh, expensive part on this bike, the motor or the battery? Pro Oh, uh, not the lead acid batteries. No, the lead acid batteries. Oh, those, are, those are lead acid batteries. Okay, I didn't so the that, yeah. motor like energy go to Sears yeah. sort of batteries. The motor energy motors, uh, yeah, probably about a thousand bucks. The all tracks controllers, probably about five hundred. Yeah, I think it had a Magura throttle, some other components. I'm sure. Um, you know, there's bus bars. So yeah, it'd be it'd be worth it to part this thing out. Hmm. Or you know, here, here's what the person can do. They can ride it for a while, crash it, break the forks, ruin the you know, bend the frame and then part it out. And then what what happens if, if something breaks in the electrical? Like what? Well, I mean, there's really nothing that's going to break. Uh, I guess you could. The motor's pretty indestructible. You could yeah. gash in the batteries and have it spill sulfuric acid all over your jeans and get giant holes <laughs> like I've got. <laughs> could you swap out the batteries for something lighter with more capacity? I mean, that might be. Yeah, but it's uh, you're at this point it would be um, it'd be not worth it. So you'd invest right. in lithium. Now, unless your idea was to invest in lithium, put it in this for a little while, and then put it into another project. But I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about my idea of building your own motorcycle, electric motorcycle, which I used to do. I built my own back from 2006 onward. And it's sort of like back when I was in college, you used to build computers. You could buy the CPU, buy the hard drive, buy the motherboard, and yep, make right. it a lot cheaper. And these days, it, you, you can't buy the components and build it for less. And that's sort of where electric motorcycles are today. So I wanted to give a, a proper introduction now. So <clears throat> last week, we brought up the subject, what's the tipping point to that the public is going to want electric bikes over gas-powered bikes? And um, we've been getting more input from email and, and, and people um, through the Facebook page. But, Bagel, you had kind of just mentioned as we were discussing this, hey, did you hear about this guy who went yeah, this guy. This guy. did an iron butt? Who's, oh, that's me. <laughs> and here he is. And then uh, I said, oh, I'll look that up afterwards. And... Uh, found your name terry and just uh, found you on facebook just messaged you and mm -hmm. turns out by chance you live up the street <laughs> <laughs> small world <laughs> which is funny because i'm like how have i not seen this bike so let's start with what bike are you currently riding it's a 2012 zero s all right so uh, how many bikes have you owned how long have you been riding been riding about 20 years i've had about 13 motorcycles you want to care to list them? Uh, I've had about four Ninja 250s, a couple ZX6s, uh, uh, then ZX6Rs. My most recent bikes were uh, Yamaha YZF-R1s. I've had two of those. So Cool. Did you have an electric R1 at one point? Too? No, nope, okay. never had an electric I saw one. one at Alice's at one point. I was thinking, you know, I don't oh. know. And uh, how long have you been here in Santa Cruz? Uh, about a year. I came here kind of because... 
this area is kind of the electric vehicle capital of the world right now. And right. Awesome. You, you guys may or may not know this, but I, I'm sort of uh, known in the electric vehicle community as the electric vehicle ambassador. Mm. I guess it's because I'm on a motorcycle and it's more sexy than a car. I don't know what it is. People remember me more places I go, I guess. But Yeah, the Zero is a lot sexier than the Prius. It just is. Oh, it's so yeah. much sexier. So if Prius I didn't say yet your full name, this is Terry Hirschner who's mm -hmm. with us. And um, I guess I was a bit like amazed too, like never heard of you before. Then I go and start doing the research. Dude, you're all over the internet. You've done all sorts of stuff. Do you have your own Wikipedia page? I, I do. Well, I don't know if I have my own Wikipedia page, but uh, I'm tag. I have tags now in the major media. Oh, that's like, cool. Like once you start getting like three or four articles about you, they have a tag. So nice. I guess I've gotten to that point. But you, I'm, they usually call me Electric Terry. Um, <laughs> that's that's my nickname recently. Then. So uh, yeah, I want to get more in depth into your bike and a lot of things, but let me see if I have this straight because. Um, I was asking people around here today, like, hey, have you ever heard of anyone take a street bike, modify it, and race it at Daytona, and then ride it cross country, and then do an iron butt on it? And, and no one could think of anyone, though my friend Charles says he knows somebody who did it on a sport bike, but I said, and, and, and can you believe it's an electric bike? It's a zero. So, was there any other big achievements between those? I mean, those are like amazing. I, I mean, yeah, a couple. I, I was in a, a Tesla race, uh, beat okay. some, beat at some Teslas going to Mexico. Yeah. W uh, won the uh, Vetter Challenge, which was a very famous race right. up in Bonneville. So, um, can you explain what the Vetter Challenge is? Vetter Challenge is it's a bunch of um, motorcycles, gas, diesel. Um, there have been electrics that have competed before, but uh, electric motorcycles never completed the Vetter Challenge. They've usually run out of battery beforehand. Um, but the Vetter Challenge is uh, its a course. Usually it's around 100 to 200 miles. This last course was 172 miles. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to complete the course at the, sp at the speed you can complete it in. Usually ride as a pack. Um, and whoever can consume the least fuel in dollars and cents. So it's sort of like a, it's a fuel economy challenge, basically. Mm. So Craig Vetter calls it racing for the right reasons. There's, we can go through all the different reasons why we, we don't want to import oil from foreign countries, but that's, you know, anyway, so you've got all sorts of, you got diesels on there, the gas, gasoline vehicles. Some of these vehicles get 180, a Ninja 250 from Alan Smith, streamlined, it kind of looks like mine, gets 180 miles to the gallon. Is, is this a stock bike sans save the actual like fairings and stuff? Or? I mean, it st started off as a Ninja 250. He he modified it, you know, oh, okay. and he works on the motor and makes it oh, so it's I got see. a longer stroke and more efficient and so forth. But this is just the thing. It's sort of sort of like a crazy group of guys, like the Iron Buck guys. You know, right. you got to be kind of sick in the head to want to drive a thousand miles in a day, <laughs> day after day after day. But you know. But the, yeah, that's what it is, and it's it's pretty popular. So gotcha. since I, you're doing Bonneville, I'm sorry to jump in. Sure. Um, since you're doing Bonneville, have you, did we consider doing solar augmentation for your um, electric? I get asked about that all the time, and I think I might just put solar panels on it just for people that ask me. Hey, you know what you could do? You could put solar. <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Just point. You but just paint some fake ones. Yeah, just paint some fake ones. The truth shot people. A little up. tiny one on top. Yeah, there's solar panels. It's like a small. <laughs> that's powering the whole bike. Truth, <laughs> of, truth of the matter is, if I if I put a couple solar panels on there, like a couple two. 
watt panels that have like eight watts on there, <laughs> but when I'm on the throttle, it's using like thirty five thousand watts. So, <laughs> like, this is drag at that point. In a whole cross country trip, I may be able to you know get like a quarter mile of range from <laughs> the solar. But the fact is, the the aero drag would probably offset that by like tenfold. So right, they are doing flexible panels now, but point taken. Panels. Yeah. The, okay. Well, what about just like? when your bike is sitting for eight hours a day while you're at work. Now, this is true. This is true. Um, the thing about electricity is it's so absolutely inexpensive. And because it can charge at a 110 outlet, which will give you 1,500 watts, and we were talking about solar panels that put out eight watts, uh, anywhere I go, I can find, uh, I'll tell you more about sure. this. Like on the odometer, I don't know if you guys saw it, I got 70,000 miles in the last two years on this bike. I ride all over the place. And this is one of the reasons I got an electric motorcycle and gave up my R1 because I ride a lot. And by the time you add up how much you're spending on gas and maintenance, chain tires. adjustments, everything. Well, you have to buy tires for an electric motorcycle too, but that's <laughs> that's actually all you have to buy. Yeah. So, yeah. One thing we were talking I mean, about last podcast was sport tire, like, that you strictly. buy your fuel up front with an electric basically. But basically, let's put it this way. My bike has already paid for itself. So I get people all the time saying, you know, I'm kind of waiting to buy. I want an electric motorcycle, but I'm waiting to buy it. And if you just do the math on paper, now if you only, if your guy who only rides like one Sunday a month, then the math's not going to work for you. If you ride if you ride to work and back every day, if you like riding motorcycles, it does not pay to wait to buy an electric motorcycle because you're never going to save the money and gas that you put in your gas motorcycle tomorrow. You're never going to get it back. That's yeah. exactly my point because I have so many bikes and I'm only able to ride on weekends. Yeah, I don't know when it would be worth it to me because people say, well. You're adding the fuel costs up front in the price. I said, well, you're handicapping people who don't ride it daily That's right. with that. So it, when I said we were talking last week about the tipping point, the price and the range, what do you think it is that it'll, it'll be that, that thing that really crosses over? Well, for somebody that rides every day, I think if they did the math on it, they'd get it right away. The um, the big technological improvements happened at zero between 2010 and 2011, 2011, 2012, and then 2012 to 2013. This last uh, one from 2013 to 2014, very minor changes, more refinement. And the last one from 2014 to 2015, again, almost, it's, it's now kind of plateaued. So... People that bought, like I say, a uh, 2011 or 2010, the very next year a bike comes out with twice the range, and it literally kills their investment because their $10,000 bike is now only worth 5,000 because yeah. this new bike is worth so much more. And the same thing happened again in 2012, and happened again in 2013. Now it's not happening anymore. Now if you buy a 2014 when the 2015 comes out, your bike hasn't really depreciated that much because it still's got almost the same exact characteristics. So yeah, I have this question about. Um future proofing i mean has it gotten to a point where the technology is at a certain plateau where it's kind of future proof where you could kind of swap motors or swap batteries well the batteries on zeros are swappable in the fx models you can right. pop, those, oh, in, pop those in but um the uh my, my best thing is is it buy a bike ride it for two three years yourself then sell it at appreciated cost to somebody who can't afford a new one, right. wants to get in, then you get the next newest, latest, greatest thing. And just and every three years, you do something like that. And what technological advance, ha, uh, advancements happened in those few years? Just batteries. Battery capacity? Battery, battery capacity got more more dense and more dense and more dense. So they were yeah. really figuring it out. Yeah. So what's, what's it cost to replace your three-year-old bike's battery that is all, t all of a sudden twice as good? Well, you're, I mean, instead of selling the whole bike, you're just going to need battery. 
Well, because there's nothing wrong with the battery. The battery in that bike is, you know, supposed to be good for 300, 400,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not degraded at all. It's just the new batteries have more energy for slightly less weight. Right. So uh, I'm okay. saying instead of selling the bike that you bought in 2011 and getting in 2013, oh. why not just switch out the battery? Well, because there's so many more advancements that happen to it. So okay. There's advancements in suspension, advancements in oh, throttle control, uh, dash blade display, all, all sorts of things. I mean, people are still out there riding the 2010s right now. Yeah, they only have twenty miles range though. Jeez, oh, you know the new bikes today have one hundred and eighty miles range. Yeah, you know, and motor you can, technology is improved as well. Efficiency and efficiency's gone up. The motor designs changed. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's lots of improvements, but I don't see any major things happening now. The the big things that have gotten figured out got figured out in the last couple of years. Wow, you know, so. So um, we had our friend Kenyon in here. Do you know Kenyon? Kenyon, yeah, from yeah. Zero, sure. Yeah, and he was here for a podcast titled Kissing the Bricks. Yeah. You know what the bricks are, there, Indeed. don't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he was telling us that, yeah, within like five years, it's become outdated. So if you're not going to ride it enough within that five years, yep. but that there is bigger things coming. I think the way he put it was, if you'd asked him five years ago where we'd be today, he would have predicted half as far as we are now. Yeah. So if you ask for now where we're going to be in five years. This tr that's true. You know, I can't say. It I just guess is so rapidly, like all technology, improving. I think that's the other thing too is you got to have the have that that technology uh, breakthroughs kind of slow down. Yeah. Because I don't want to buy something that's going to be outdated in two or three years. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the point. Outdated. Why can't you just swap out stuff? The thing is, if if you buy the bike now for you, it may not work. If you like riding a different bike every day, but I know lots of people, and I'm the same way. I, I had like seven bikes in my stable when I got this. Only like three were running at the time. But yeah, I know that one. Once I got my Zero, I, ha I still to this day have not ridden any of the other bikes. I well, just what I do have, you what do you got? Well, I got two R1s. I got a, a 2008 Ninja oh. 250, which is a oh. lot of. It's a little flickable you just bike. You're not ready to let that go. Are you? <laughs> I like that bike. It's <laughs> a 250. It's a Ninja 250. You don't let those go. You ride. Yeah, you join them on the weekends and you ride the piss out of them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. But the thing is, I haven't ridden any of them since then. Um, and, and here's the thing: is you get out, you get out in the morning, you get your helmet, and you're like, "What bike am I going to ride?" And you're just like, "I want to ride the Zero. It's just quiet. It's fast. It it freaks people out. You just yeah. zip by them. They like double, triple take. Like, what the heck did I just see? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, the cost. When my other gas tanks get empty, I was like, I know it's going to cost 20 bucks to put gas in there i'm like i can ride all day for less than 60 cents on the zero why would i want to spend 20 dollars in gas like i mean every day you put 20 dollars in if you go for a long ride it adds up you know yeah, then you got to change all your oil you got to do all sorts of stuff to it and so you know uh it's so i got i got some questions for you sure. so um you said this is you've been here a year where were you living when you bought this bike uh orlando florida so okay so then you came out here from there yep because this is the land of dreams sort of yeah that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one so, word for it yeah. um wh how did you meet craig vetter how did you get working with him because we haven't described this bike yet how long is it total in length uh it's probably about eight and a half nine feet long maybe what's her name or does it even have a name? I, I haven't named it. I'm, I'm Man. Not, uh, it seems longer than that. I don't. It might, maybe it is. Uh, I don't know. It's got to be. Put so. that big ass tail on it. Well, that's true because I can put an eight foot two by four in the back. So yeah. Right. yeah, it's <laughs> gonna be like twelve feet. So how do you describe it? It's got a bottle nose and then a. It's, a, it's um. Craig d describes it as a teardrop shape, but it's okay. also similar shape to a fish or a dolphin or a shark. 
if you think about something that would move fast through water, yeah. this moves faster through the air, but it has the same principles. It looks like a wing. If I were, if you were to look at bird's eye view of it, I yeah. imagine it being a wing, like a symmetrical. Yeah, wing. so it's sort of circular at the front, but it comes to like a point at the back. So um, it, it would be a shape that if you could make a little model and drive down in your car at like 80 miles an hour and stick it out the window, this is the one that's going to be the least hard to hold out at, you know, in a straight shape. So when you did the Vetter Challenge... He had not helped you build. Oh, he had. So, uh, so how could you do a better challenge if he helped you build a? Well, because a, he air, what do you call it, airstream? He tracked me down about a year and a half ago. Okay. He had found that on gas motorcycles, um, putting streamlining on it would let them go twice as far in a unit of fuel. So if a Ninja nice. 250 was getting 60 miles per gallon. You know, like like I said, there's now Ninja 250s to get 180, but putting wow. the streamline on right away would double the fuel economy. If you if you had like a ZX14 or a yeah. Kawasaki Concourse that got I, 35 miles a gallon, you'd all of a sudden get 70. Because like I knew their motorcycles in general are aerodynamic bricks, but I didn't realize they were that much of a brick, uh, like yeah. double the efficiency. That's yeah, crazy. Just having that XR sticking up in the back of Megan's truck today. <laughs> the the fuel efficiency of the truck just by having it in the back yeah. <laughs> on the freeway went way down. Wow. Oh yeah. 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 So, so anyway, he wanted to see if uh, an electric motorcycle putting streamlining out would do exactly different gas. Okay, that makes sense. So so he kind of took this on as his own kind of project, helping me to see what it could do, and because of that, I was able to set a bunch of records and do a lot of other things. As so well. and I may have seen you around, but I'm used to seeing. Craig Vetter tooling around in these weird covered yeah. scooters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so he's. And I just, I probably assumed it was Craig with some other weird yellow plasticized yeah, so thing. Yeah, so if you remember Craig's yellow bike, yeah. that was probably. Was that like a Helix or something? Honda Helix. Okay, it was a Honda Helix yeah, scooter. There we go. So, in fact, uh, Tom, I think we were talking about that one time. But anyway, so he took this Honda Helix scooter, uh, put aerodynamic streamlining on mm-hmm. it, and that was back in the day when he's still figuring out. Now he's got molds for everything. So right. his, his Honda Helix streamliner. Right now, a scooter looks pretty amazing. It's it's all aluminum, silver, mm-hmm. looks perfect. Hmm. The thing is, uh, it was yeah, like strips of yellow plastic riveted together. I remember I came up yep. behind him at a stoplight, like, well, this will be interesting. And these flaps opened up, and these legs shot out of yep. the flaps. <laughs> wow. wow, this was four. This is about four years ago or three years ago. If you uh, yeah. if you're describing that, because yeah, and it's like oh, and then he, the legs pull in and the flaps close. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was pretty. Like wow, that must be Craig. I've heard about him. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty impressive guy. There was, um, back in the 70s, the two biggest American motorcycle companies were Harley-Davidson and Vetter Fairings. Yeah. And Vetter was profitable and Harley was not. Yep. <laughs> one, one out of every two people in the United States had a Windjammer fairing. Wow. Oh, I, wow. I've had Windjammers. No oh, yeah. Motor, motorcyclists. That yeah, so yeah. he moved his factory from Illinois down to San Luis Obispo, and I think at the, the, the highlight, I think they were making a fairing every 29 seconds or something down there. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know this uh, this yellow street tracker bike over there in the corner. When I got it, was covered in Vetter luggage. Yeah, and yeah, it was a touring bike. Very cool. Yeah, so I have um, a question from our friend Zoe, who's not able to be here, but Zoe is um, one of our us misfits, who's kind of the the geek of the group. Okay. And she's really into tech stuff. And she sent me a picture. Said I've seen his bike at Radio Shack all the time. Yeah, I think I've been there a few times buying different cooling fans for components. I was trying, but yeah. So she had a couple questions for you. One, she wants to know, um, she wants to know about the process it's been through, which you've been explaining. Um, but what have been the overall costs 
And what? how did you keep it charged during the iron butt? Okay, so the overall cost of the what whole you, bike? Yeah. What, what I'd say probably about 17000 I bought it new for uh, 13000 had it shipped to Florida. Guy delivered it, thought it was a flat screen TV. Cause they, <laughs> they, <laughs> the handlebars are turned, so it's pretty yeah. fun. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, so I put some chargers on it. You know, I've had a lot of help and a lot of quote unquote sponsors give me a lot of things that are really excited about what I'm doing, but I don't have that much cost in it. Um, but it's a 2012. So the 2014 and 2015, they'll do a lot of what I can do already. But on the iron butt, the, the biggest thing is, just like your cell phone or your laptop, you got a battery. And what you really want to do is you want to charge the thing as fast as you can. Yeah. So um, on the trip, I just try to source electricity. So I pick out these charging locations. There's like 20,000 of these charging stations all over the country now. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. So you can basically go anywhere. So I would find locations that had four four car charging plugs next to each other yeah. you so just hog them all huh that's it <laughs> I, in fact i think i'm the only guy in the whole world right now that's doing this but and it, it's funny it's because it's on a motorcycle which gets the best efficiency but so a normal tesla or something else they'll come in and they'll plug in with one and i did that on my motorcycle i got one plug one time and sat in and i'm sitting there looking at these other two chargers and i'm like why am i not using these things like nobody else is here <laughs> you know I'd, I'd take road trips i'd be traveling all through the night and i'm like you know i really want to get to where i'm going this yeah couldn't this you like, just carry a little pigtail with you a little splitter or something <laughs> so so here's the thing is the the chargers gives you ac current so to turn it into dc which is what your battery needs you need to carry chargers oh, okay. on you so because this is why I love the motorcycle platform versus a car because it's so easy to get to everything and take it all apart and figure out how it all works so I just kept paralleling chargers on top of each other I parallel the DC side and I'd have a separate independent AC side mm -hmm. so if a guy in a Nissan Leaf or something tried to do this you could probably figure out how to do it but it's gonna be a lot more complicated so I would charge real quick I basically everywhere I stopped uh, I'd charge in about you know 20 to 30 minutes i'd be back on the road for another 150 miles or so that's amazing nice yeah, mm -hmm. so. and that's at 80 85 miles an hour there's a there's a pretty viral video going around online if oh you, 85 really so you're calling ass and, and yeah i know i haven't gotten any cool. way to do an iron i haven't gotten any long phone like calls that. from it's the chp yet but there's a video out there and my speedometer's in the gopro vision the, the whole way it's it's all 20 it's all 24 hours all thousand miles in in about five and a half minutes. yeah i saw that nice. today you did see the yeah, video that's pretty cool because yeah. we saw hey that's 17 yep, yep. <laughs> yeah so that was really cool all right and so zoe has another question and this i like this question because i never thought about this sure and maybe there isn't an easy answer. She wants to know what is the CC engine equivalent for a, an electric I motorcycle. I give you the answer. The okay. horsepower equivalent is about equivalent to a Ninja 250, oh. um, but it's got more torque than a GSXR 1000. Oh so, wow! So you're pushing 8, 60, 80 plus foot pounds of torque. Yeah, the new the new bike stock has 102 foot pounds of torque, Holy shit. and wow. you can do yeah. you can do a lot of things to make that even higher. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's so electric power for you. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. There's there's really not there's no ZX14 Hayabusa. There's really nothing that can beat it to 40, 50, 60 miles an hour. Yeah. After that, uh, you know, you'll get some bikes that'll fly by a zero. But yeah. for normal legal driving that you can do day to day, there's not a faster motorcycle that you can have. And it's quiet. You can literally leave the stoplight split lanes have a cop at the front the light can turn green you can take off as long as you don't spin that back tire you're not creating a noise hazard you're you know you're just you'll literally probably make him wonder what the hell did i just see yeah you know like, it's a, it's well kinda... douglas can tell you all about the torque available on it from electric oh, <laughs> yeah 
Let's hear this, Doug. Come on. Such, we, we, where the heck were we? We were at uh, Sears Point. Yeah, we were at Sears Point. And there was these two the guys, and they had the uh, they had a BMX bike, and it was an extended uh, frame. Yeah. And it had this giant, and I'm making like the size of a football here, a giant uh, uh, motor right on the wheel, and um, huge battery pack under the seat. And I'm walking by, and they got a camcorder, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" And they're like, "Do you think you can tame the beast?" <laughs> I was like, challenge accepted. So I put my helmet on and I got on and and uh, it seemed like there was nothing. And then the first uh, part of the throttle was like an instant wheelie. It was hmm. it, there was no like in between. It was it it that's when the throttle started was with the wheelie. Yeah, uh, it, it went past that. Yeah. So um, what I they didn't tell me was to go ahead story. and get get pedaling first <laughs> with the BMX bike. Get 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 going about 10, 15 miles an hour before you roll on the throttle. They, they didn't tell me that. So I was just trying to like slowly jerk, jerk, jerk to get enough speed up to where I could finally roll it on and be um, have it proportional with what I'm doing. Um, and so <laughs> I'm cruising up and down and I go up the hill around the bend uh, out of everybody's vision and um, I turn around at the top of the hill where the buses are coming down and I'm just getting down to going down the hill and I blip the throttle and it thing flies out from underneath me uh, about 20 feet ahead of me into the the, the handrail <laughs> the movable barriers protecting <laughs> the pedestrians from the traffic and it scoots it back like almost into this guy and his kid and he like throws his hands up like what's going on here I'm on my ass and there's buses coming down the hill I've never heard of this and uh, I shoot up real quick and I pick it up because it only weighs like 50 pounds and um yeah, I click off the engine or the the motor and like just coast back down the hill. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here you go, guys. Hey, we gotta go. <laughs> now, yeah, nobody saw it. Uh, nobody in my so, group yeah, saw so it. Didn't it didn't happen. Thank but God. they they actually had the reason they had the camcorder was that they had me go on camera saying I was not gonna hold them responsible. Oh, I gotcha. Because this thing was a torque monster. Yeah. And I didn't even get it up to what it could probably do but it was a bmx bike so the the most wonderful thing about an electric motor if if you look at uh you look at a horsepower and torque motor everybody's seen it for a gasoline engine so usually what happens is your torque will peak somewhere around 2000 3000 rpm mm -hmm. and your horsepower will usually peak somewhere around like five or six thousand rpm and but it, it, it's a spike and then it comes down an electric motor starts with 100 percent torque and it's flat across yeah. almost the entire torque band the horsepower so it's, it's you if you add up the area under the curve, you've got so much more available power that you don't need a transmission. Yeah. My bike, I don't have a clutch. I don't have a shifter. Yeah. I, I don't even have a rear brake. I took I took that off. It was kind of pointless. I have brake regeneration. So I don't even wear through brake pads. It just all that energy goes back yeah. to the motor. So there's there's so many cool things yeah, about uh, electric. Can you describe the road feel? Because I keep hearing about uh, electric bikes. Is it's, it's pure road feel. You don't have that noisy engine. You don't have those excess vibrations yeah. spinning around. In That's there. right. So... If I was on a zero right now, I'm 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 a pretty good rider. There's guys that are definitely much better than me, but I take almost any, you know, pro gas bike rider on an R6 or R1, and I'd race them up 17. Yeah. Because when 
he's going down the straightaway and has to downshift to go into the corner and has to let out the clutch. He has to make sure that the back tire doesn't skip and hop, and he has to kind of do on that. On an electric bike, you can literally be on the throttle the whole time and control everything because there's no suspension upset. So you really can feel one with the road. Yeah. You can feel every bump. You can feel every corner. You're constantly hooked up. You constantly got the power you need. You're always in the RPM band you want to be. You don't ever have to say, oh, I've got to upshift or I've got to downshift. So it's um, you guys are very lucky here because you're very very close to where zeros are produced mm -hmm. um, we are very lucky not just yeah you yeah. too yes yeah, yeah. all of us yeah yeah so we, um, we do know that we know that and we we talk about it all the time you should got you guys should go in ride northern california just yeah there's so many things not just zero but so many different motorcycling yep. things yep you guys should uh you guys should definitely try to go see if you could ride you know take one for a test ride um we we're working on that right now yes. yeah yeah yeah, time. Well, it'll, I'm it'll, actually it'll, contemplating it'll, electric bikes in general because I have done the math. I do 110 miles a day, so it's definitely sense. in. Yeah. You would you would be somebody who would probably pay for the whole bike in two to three years. In fact, every month you're not getting one. You could almost look back later after you get this. It's like, why didn't I do this sooner? Don't you even know. go on living without getting one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah just the difference between Just, the, here's the, miles the gallon I was getting and the 49 I'm getting now. And the how, ma how much do you get now? I uh, get about 48, 49. Okay, so you use about two, three gallons a day, something like that. That's about what the tank holds, yeah. So 12. All right, so so yeah, you could e if you add up that, you could easily easily pay for the bike probably in a year and a half. You know, so. Yeah. So w w with these giant fairings, you've gotten your, what do you call it? You don't call it fuel economy. You call it battery economy? What do you call it? I, you know, that's a good question. I don't know what Energy I call it. Economy? I call it range, I guess. I don't know. Okay, range. Yeah. How has that uh, changed your handling, though? Because a lot of people are buying these bikes for these jaunts through the hills and are yep. amazing riding. I'm guessing, is that thing not going to zip around the hills like we're... I'll, we're used to. I'll go, I'll f well, uh, first of all, now you're gonna school me, huh? your regular zero does not look like that. I'm the I'm the only bike that looks like a fish out there that's right. a zero. <laughs> um, but I would recommend somebody who's if you got a long commute, say you got to go, you need to go 200 miles on a charge. You could get a, a fairing kit from Craig Vetter and put it on there, but it will affect you in crosswinds a little bit more. But you get used to it real quick. Like I've ridden through Kansas and Texas and Oklahoma in tornado season. I've I've gone all over the place and it. Uh, It'll blow you, and you just real quick get used to steering into it, leaning into it, and yeah. Um, but uh, let me like tell you, a regular motorcycle on my regular R1 and stuff, you know, the wind would blow, and if you're on a bridge with crosswinds, it'll blow you around. So it's it's the same thing. You just get used to it being more. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but how how do you drag a knee in that thing? <laughs> I've actually been riding through Texas sometimes, and I have had been hanging off the bike just to stay straight in the lane. I've had to do that in Kansas before. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 mile an hour crosswinds. Jeez. Like that, so. Yeah, so, you yeah, pop a sail up and catch that shit. <laughs> yeah. so, I, I could ride it, but I couldn't park it. When I get somewhere to charge, I've been on the road for like 150 <laughs> miles. I had to pee so freaking bad. I'm at the charge station, but I was nervous to let go of the bike because I thought it was going to flip over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd just sit there and have to hold it or wait till nobody was looking and just, just go there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you carry a bottle with you or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, what is your profession? Um, so I used to be a uh, stock trader, believe it or not, for about seven what? years. What? You don't look like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, good with computers, good with numbers, I guess. But anyway, I um, I uh, decided to uh, 
across the country on electric and I came out here and I was still trading until about November of last year but now I've sort of become a electric vehicle advocate have lots of supporters that help me with different things and so forth so you, that's why you'll see lots of different stickers on the side of my bike and so forth figured out what you love to do and figured out how to get paid for it sort of i'm not making that much right now but you know what I c <laughs> i'm pretty happy so yeah, it's a good trail to live on it yeah there you go well you're forging a path which yeah. i think there's a lot of people recognizing that and supporting you on it yeah so uh all right so a lot some i've been curious about uh, a lot of the bikes i guess when zero first came out they came out as dirt bikes yep that's how the company started and that was for not just the emissions, but the like we have red tags and green tags here, seasons of riding and fires being started and spark arresters, all that crap. I don't know what you're talking about. Noise, all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not seeing the dirt bikes as much. I'm seeing the street bikes, but the street bikes are really just a street bike or a sport bike. Are there plans, do you think, that we'll be seeing other styles like cruisers stuff and tours? Lots of people ask about that, and I, I just don't know. Um, I should I would think that they should make touring bikes, um, but the key is I think I think lots of people that are designing them probably don't think that they could possibly uh, – somebody might want to go seven 800 miles a day right now, and they think they can't do that. I mean, I, I just did that on a you know five-year-old model year, but um, – I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think they're going to stick with, with that right now until sales numbers get up. Yeah. And then maybe they'll go to something else. So well, when you're doing that kind of range, though, so you have to pre-arrange uh, to know where all the charging stations are. Well, I did for this trip. But normally when I'm crossing the country or, or cr you know, I've crossed the country numbers of times, I usually only plan my next charge stop. And then when I get to that one, I pull out my iPhone and I figure out where I'm going to charge next. There's so many everywhere that you can charge from. Plus... If you can't find a car charging station, which there's plenty out there, you can always go to what's called an RV park or a trailer park. And let, uh, me, let me tell you, these okay. things are like every 20 miles on every major highway. And I can vouch for that because I think I've ridden every highway. Mm -hmm. they, they literally are. And they probably, because you know, mom and pop that drive in their RV that are retired, they think uh, they'll pack up, leave one RV park, drive 20 miles, and they're beat, and they just want to stop and park. And that's <laughs> what, so, and let me tell you, an RV park is an electricity factory, basically. You've got 50 amps at 240 volts wow. in 100 different spots. So, you know, and... So there's never going to be a place you can go that you're not going to be able to charge and charge quick. Yeah, and, so. and I've driven cross country too. I mean, you're making stops for gas, you're making stops for food and mm -hmm. and for t bathroom breaks. So it's not unreasonable to be to be making stops. How often? How many like every hour? How often do you have to make a stop? Well, when I'm riding, usually about every 150, 200 miles, I'll okay. usually have to stop to pee so bad <laughs> that I. Well, you know, like when I'm driving all night long, I'm drinking coffee, I'll down some coffee, and then all of a sudden, I've got to go 160 miles to the next charge station that I want to get to, that I planned, and I've had to go to the bathroom so much before then, so, uh, that, you know, you're to the point now where the bikes will go much further than the body can go, let's put yeah. it that way, you know. So now, let's get to the basic question, um... Have you found that there's been any dangerous situations because you were silent? Uh, okay, as a guy who's written a lot, it took there was a small learning curve, but once you get it, I feel so much more safer now on a, a quiet bike than a loud bike. And uh, everybody in here rides, so you're gonna, you're yeah. going to get this pretty easy. Oh, yeah. But right. what it used to be is, uh, like on my R1, I 
stupid, put a like acropovic exhaust on this one, <laughs> put a you know a D and D pipe on this one, Ouch. made it so loud. And you have um, your drums left after the D and D. Well, that's it. You know, I've I've got I've got headphones and then earplugs on top of the headphones and then I'd sometimes even put duct tape over my my <laughs> ears and then put my helmet on. <laughs> so the thing is, you know, I'm really I don't want to hear my bike at all. So what you do is you drive around expecting that everybody's going to hear you next to them. Um, but one of these days you get the guy who's got his uh, stereo and blasting and his windows rolled up and he doesn't and you're assuming that he hears you and he doesn't and that's what puts you in danger. On the electric motorcycle, you just assume that nobody hears you and you ride that way but the other thing is it's so quiet you could hear a prius coming up in your blind spot in electric mode and you're going to know it's there mm -hmm. so on the electric bike you are in control of your own life because you're aware of your surroundings at all times on the gas bike you're you're assuming everybody else is going to hear you but there might be somebody in a blind spot who doesn't see you or something else like that you're putting your life in their hands saying i expect them to know i'm here and not hit me when on the electric motorcycle you know where everybody else is and it's now your choice so it, it's something you almost got to ride it to understand and you may not quite get it the first day or two you ride it but after a while you just realize hey i'm aware of all my surroundings all the time now which is pretty cool so so are, are you wanting another bike maybe one just for more local that doesn't have the, all the fairings well i like the storage aspect of it i mean i, I do it for everything i've aerodynamic milk crate in the back of the uh, new bike <laughs> yeah so i don't know i've been thinking about uh um trying to do some promotional work with zero possibly ride a regular stock looking motorcycle to show what you can do on it because lots of people say terry you're doing all these cool things on this bike but i could never go buy a zero and do the stuff i'm like well actually yeah you can because the batteries are denser now than they were when they i started the mm -hmm. drivetrain is more efficient so i think i might I might do that next year we'll see i'll probably still keep that one for like record setting stuff you know, but uh, I'll tell you, having a lot of weatherproof storage, I don't know if you guys have ever been touring, you, oh, you yeah. can't ever have too much. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. garbage bags only get you so far. Knock, <laughs> <laughs> you got any questions? Uh, it's, this is kind of a silly one, but uh, what's the most bizarre question you've had about your bike? Because well, <laughs> I want to ask. That because this, uh, aside from this bizarre question. <laughs> All right. So just imagine this. You were, somebody was asking me about solar panels. Yeah, on the top. Yeah. Okay. So I think I was in where was I? I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I think it was at a Cracker Barrel. If, there's a bunch of charging <laughs> yeah. stations at Cracker Barrels out there. Really. And I had this guy come up to, or this this guy had like his entourage behind him, and he was like. <laughs> Man, it's like you should, you should put like a generator on the back wheel, like sort of like you see on the bicycles. <laughs> and I, I was, well, first of all, let me explain. Let me explain. And invent <laughs> perpetual. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> first of all, okay, you got it. There's no such thing as perpetual motion. I was like, well, you know, this thing sort of has that. The motor acts as a generator when you're braking, and it makes power. It's like, no, have one that runs all the time. <laughs> and I, and I was like, well, but it's going to take energy to spin that. You know, he's like, no, no, no. I don't think you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so this is at a cracker barrel. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did the reaction. He's like, this is what like, man, said. This put is what you said. Put a generator on your back tire. Now, hold this my beer what, and watch this. This yeah. is what your response should be. Yeah. Bless your little heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, li I like that. I like that. Oh, the other one. The other one is I should put a uh, 
put giant wind turbine fans on the top of the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I'm driving because, down there, because you need more drag. <laughs> That's right. Where the lasers go in there. And I think is I've had similar answers to that. I was like, well, you know, that would, that would just use more energy drag wise. It's like, no, no, no. You don't you don't get what I'm saying. You, you, <laughs> you put it up there, and I'll tell you, I it's you just almost have to be there. It's it's kind of entertaining. At yeah, this yeah, cool. One day everybody will understand it, but. Uh, but right now, I do get some interesting questions. So if you I get bet. a question like that and you're in New York, your response would be, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got one more question. This is a general bike question. Right. Uh, 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 how do you like sport touring? What's the... Like yeah, what's the most amazing thing uh, have you seen or done when you were sport touring? Like seeing culture and all this stuff. Yeah, so I've been been almost everywhere. Um, the different places I go, the charging stations are usually in kind of public places. Like they'll be right down there in Huntington Beach or mm -hmm. Newport Beach or L.A. You know where I found one here recently? I went to the movies downtown at the Twin. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. parking garage Park right garage. behind. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. There was one of those. Like, hey, there's a charger. The there's one at the New Leaf. The Walgreens. Now, yeah. yeah. I, I saw Tom at the Staff of Life. There's a charger there. I'm charging the bike up. They're they're literally popping up all over the place. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Here's a question. Mm. Follow on to that. Um, have you ever gone into contention with somebody else trying to charge their stuff as well? Uh, well, most of the time, uh, <laughs> I use an app and it'll tell you if they're charging. There's not. There's more chargers out there right now than we have vehicles for most places. Um, there are a few places up in like Palo Alto and you know around uh, rush hour traffic time, people getting home that need to top off charge and their leaf to get home. These will be overloaded, but most times it's not. Um, but like I said, there's so many options. Like when I go. I guess I won't do it right now. I could do it for you guys' benefit afterwards, but I could show you the app, and it'll pull me up, and it'll tell the ones that are green, or the, if they're green, it means they're open, and you can use them. Wow. So, um, hmm. and mo for right now, most of them are free. Um, not that electricity costs a lot anyway, because it really doesn't, but the thing is, like, when I'm charging at, like, Staff of Life or Whole Foods or New Leaf Markets, whatever, I go and get something to eat while I'm charging, they pick up the bill to try to entice you to come to spend your money there versus going somewhere else. So it's sort of a little fringe benefit now. Yeah. If we ever did get saturation where literally everybody's got a Zero, everybody's got a Nissan Leaf, everybody's got a Tesla, and the chargers are hog. First of all, we'd have more be put in, but all the station owners got to do is just start adding a little bit of cost, even to where it would just be what you're paying at home, and it'll discourage people from charging that don't absolutely have to charge. Yeah, so become parking meters, basically. We got, right. we got lots of solutions <clears throat> to, to go if this sort of happens. But right now, now it's a great time because although uh, a study was just done saying 44% of the people in the United States could have an electric vehicle that would satisfy their needs getting to work and back, um, it, we only, I think less than, it was right around 1% of all the new cars sold in the United States last year were electric. And I think the majority of those, to be honest, we were in California. Mm -hmm, yeah. So we're at a, a time when not a lot of people are buying electric cars yet, even though they make the most sense. And the only way that people understand it is, is the new technology is there and nobody really wants to be the first to get into something because they don't want to take a chance that, hey, maybe this isn't the right thing to do or something like that. Right. You know, even though, it, even though it's kind of clear that people have been doing it for a while and it is working, but yeah, you know, because you electric guys are kind of the tip of the spear at this point, still, huh? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think more and more people. So, it used to be kind of techie guys that would get it, but now you know, your average family of four up in uh, Scotts Valley, you guys know Scotts Valley, there's yeah. a family up there that ended up getting a Nissan Leaf uh, three years ago, then 
they were fighting over who got to drive the Leaf so much to work. They didn't want to drive their, they had a, a diesel Mercedes. They, mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to drive the diesel Mercedes. So they sold the diesel Mercedes, got a second Leaf. Now they have a daughter who's just old enough to drive now. So they got another electric car. So here's a family. They got three electric cars. They, had, they don't even have a gas car, you know, and, and that's just, you know, it's, and there's a lot of families like that. So once they go electric, they realize, hey, you can do really everything you need to do. Why am I driving around in a gas vehicle? Except there are there are people out there. If you rent in from an apartment, uh, you have to have a place to plug in at night. So if you're renting from a condo or an apartment, can't plug in the parking lot. These are the people that can't that electric vehicle isn't really going to work for them unless you can make it to work and there's charging offered at your work. One of the cool things now is most workplaces are putting in electric vehicle chargers at work. Mm-hmm. So you could literally still live in an apartment, have an electric car, charge it at work. And on the weekends, if you got somewhere far to go, you know, stop, go to the grocery store, charge for a little bit or do whatever you got to do. So yeah. there's, there's ways to make this work. Yeah, that's actually what um, my contention question was about because at my work, they do have four stations. Yeah. And they're constantly full. Yeah. So, so it's the... Um, especially the worst scenario is like, okay, if somebody's charging, do they? Pl- I don't know the etiquette behind this. Yep. Like, do you monitor your car and then move it out when it's done charging for somebody else to use it? Well, some some places where it's it's been uh, there there are enough vehicles to occupy all the chargers. They've had to resort to that to put people on a schedule. Say that you you get to charge from nine to noon. Somebody else gets to charge from noon to three. Another person gets to charge from three to six of this charger, and you work that out to to make sure everybody can share it. Um, it, so, it is becoming an issue in some places they may need to start putting in more charge there's a condom- right. there so if I do get a zero bike I'm going to have to stab a Prius on it no you don't because well, you can charge from 110 outlet the Prius, the other cars have to use this thing called J1772 so you can charge faster from J1772 but you can charge a zero from full with a 110 outlet in 8 hours even if you were all the way empty that's true so in the time you're going to be at work you could literally just pull up to the side of the building find a vending machine and it, there's there's a there's electric <laughs> outlets everywhere believe yeah, it or not yeah. so um you know the you're going to find a place to charge a zero for sure so terry are you going to be at the uh, progressive motorcycle show next weekend uh is this is in san, san mateo, san mateo? Uh, i'll go up there i have uh i did my first appearance at the uh ims show in long beach in december 2012 so is that the one you got late get, got there late Yes. <laughs> well, I, I got there on time, but yeah, there's a there's a video of me doing a burnout in front of the uh, IMS show. It was silent, and then one of the guards comes out and says, "No smoking by the door," because my tires. <laughs> so how many how many USB ports you got on that thing? Four. One for charging. I got two GoPros. I charge. I charge my Scalarider, and then I have a backup Scalarider. If you guys tour, you'll know when it goes dead. You don't want to wait for it to charge. You just pop in another one. Charge my phone. I've got a backup battery. I charge with that. There's a, there's a couple things. When I'm carrying a passenger, it's not set up for carrying a passenger now, but I can charge their phone and their Scalarider too. So so Sweet. so we got this thing here at the garage. Um, <laughs> the, the last question, I think this is going to wrap it up. Uh, All right. What is your up the butt bike? What's <laughs> okay, okay, y'all. This is the one bike that's not. It's uh, kind of out of your reach, but your dream bike. The, okay. Everybody's got a price, and this is uh, that price. Mm. This is a bike you look at and you go, man, I'd take it up the butt for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gas or electric doesn't matter. It could be. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I'd take anybody forever. Um, 
uh, probably, let's see, I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy with my Zero. Uh, I can't imagine it being faster going further, but there's a cool bike in the area. Uh, just a, a higher-end bike. It'd either be the Mission or the Lightning. Oh, so these yeah. are uh, these are two bikes. I think the Lightning does 218 miles an hour, I think, or something that like that. Is that the one that they raced at Isle of Man? Did, that, did we watch that? Mm-hmm. I mean, Might be. what was the one they were in yeah, charge? Have you seen the movie Charge? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I could, but I was intoxicated when I saw it, so I can't remember. <laughs> uh, um, it was electrifying. It was it? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> shocking yeah. results. <laughs> horrible is that one yeah. hanging above you? What is yeah, that? Amped about it. What's what? The is poster. That, is that one? Is that uh, is the Bosley snoring? Anyway, that yeah, that was a cool freaking. So bike. it's really cool. Is Let us see. Is Z- okay, so Zero's in right around the corner here. Mi- uh, Mission is in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mission Motorcycles, and uh, Lightning is in I think it's like San Carlos. Uh, all, they're uh, all in this area. In Monterey. What's that? I think believe Light- Light- Lightning's in Monterey. If I remember correctly, okay, there's also BRD. BRD's at yeah. San Francisco as well. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the stuff is pretty cool. It's yeah. coming in. Uh, I mean, yeah. Har- Harley's going to be coming out with one too, and I think Yamaha is as well. But the the cool pioneers are all in this area. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of the area, you like it here? Oh yeah, yeah. It's awesome. The Santa Cruz mountains are amazing, and lane oh, splitting yeah. is just <laughs> great. I I love it. It's such an evolved thing to do, isn't it? It's just so, logical. Yeah. We're we're past our, our our mark, so I want to make some announcements, and then we'll let you get out of here. Thank you very much for coming down. Oh, no here. problem. I appreciate it. Um, first announcement is uh, next Saturday. Some of us will be attending the bike show, and then on Sunday the garage will be closed because we will be doing the vampires ride. Yep. yep. Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. So we'll be posting on there uh, where to meet us. But for Terry, it's right downtown that we meet. Sure. It's a nice ride. And then it ends with mystery meat barbecue and stupid human tricks. Sounds wonderful. I'm right up your alley, right? Yeah. Um, another announcement is the new shirts are in. Yay. They're, yeah. they're pretty cool. We modeled oh, them earlier today. You got, yeah, you got dot, <laughs> dot five on it already. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're going to have to pay for that. <laughs> so we got new uh, baseball tees. Did they, they misspelled misfits. No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> and and new sweatshirts. So, again, you can um, go to the Recycle Facebook page, or you can email us to buy one of those. How do the emails? Well, Bagel is about to tell everyone. <laughs> you can email us at... <laughs> Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. Yes. Or you can find us on Facebook.com slash Recycle Santa Cruz or at MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Thank you, Bagel. And uh, I got to give another shout out to, to Brock McAllister. Um, if you feel like doing any supermoto or flat tracking or anything, TT, email Brock at uh, it's Brock at SupermotoUSA.com. B R O K. So, Terry, if people want to reach you or see what you're doing, how do they find uh, you? You go to facebook.com forward slash electric Terry. Cool. Um, and they can follow your adventures. What's your well, next big thing coming up? Um, so, I guess I'll let the cat out of the bag ooh, here a little bit, but um, I'm going to try to become the fastest electric vehicle ever to cross the country. I held that record from June 2013 to February 2014, and then 
a Tesla beat me, but I'm going to beat him back. Yeah. Oh. Well, I wish you luck. We'll be rooting for you. And is that Good with luck. charging, or are you going to have batteries waiting for you? No, no, I do it all by myself. No support crew. I'm going to do this using current infrastructure. I recommend Sweet. using solar panels and windmills. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a little generator on your wheel. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> hook up one of those flashlights that you wind, you know, or straight <laughs> So Put that on your wheel. If, you're, if your listeners are mostly in this area, um, actually, our listeners are all, all over. over the world. Okay, well, this would be to the ones I can't speak for anybody outside of Northern California, but the Zero Motorcycle Factory. If you have a valid motorcycle license, first Friday of every month from in the afternoon from like twelve to five, I you think literally one thirty to or one to four. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. it might be. I, you would know the specifics better than I do, but yeah, you literally show up and you go test ride a Zero, and uh, there's a dealer also in in the Daly City, just south of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They're Real also City? called yeah. mi- they're also called Mission Motorcycles. Believe it or not, different than that's a the dealer, and you can test ride bikes there in Southern California, Hollywood Electrics. We need to get up to Zero. We've been talking about it for, I'm for over a on year. It right now. Yeah, we should. It'll, I'm like, working on it. Right I, now. I can promise you, it will change your life. The things you think <laughs> I are would important. Love it. Now. I ride to work every day, and I just bought a big fat pig. What do they call the XR? BRP. Yeah, yeah I just pig. bought one of those to commute because I put too many miles on my nice bike. But um, mm-hmm. I, I would totally ride a zero to work. Yeah. Every day. Hmm. I can't one take any more of these changes. Today. We just got in a dirt bike in this year. And now I own three. <laughs> well, yeah. get a get a dirt <laughs> zero. There you oh, yeah, go. It's that true. Yeah. FX. It's tempting. I don't know. So yeah, anyway, I was about it too. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Do send us uh, for feedback, out, emails. Yeah. Uh, please rate us on iTunes. It's a great way for us to get more support out there and for them to know what we're doing. And uh, email us. We we love emails. Yes. Did you already say that? Yes. No, we said the yes. email address. Not that we love it. Yeah, we love. But we do. We do. <laughs> we do. All right. Thank you. So this is Liza. We got Doug. Uh, yeah. Good night. Adrian. Good night. Knock. Yes. Terry. Good night. Jake. Bye, everyone. Zach. Bye. And Bagel. Arrivederci. We out. Cool, cool. <laughs>